Good evening. How are you guys doing? All right, let's get into it. Pentagon says males identifying as females are still required to sign up for the military draft because suddenly biology, biology is real when it comes to war. I can't make this stuff up. Males who identify as females are still required to register with the federal government's selective service system, according to its website. According to the military conscription system, those born male and change their gender to female, male to female, MTF transformers are still required to, tr- to register. In contrast, those born female and change their gender to male, female to male, FTM transformers are not required to... Tr- <coughs> this is so... <laughs> oh, man. Ah, wow. So it's so basically all this nonsense about woke, you know, this wokeness was just on convenience. But because we could be facing a possible nuclear war going into World War Three. Now reality sets in. Individuals who have changed their gender to male will only be asked to complete a status information letter request form and provide a copy of their birth certificate. The SSS referenced the definition laid down by the Office of Personal Management, OPM, which defined transformer as people whose gender identify and or expression is different from the sex assigned to them at birth, such as the biological sex listed on an original birth certificate. The OPM rules a transformer woman is someone born male at birth but identifies as female. Meanwhile, transformer man is someone born female but identifies as female, as who is born female but identifies as male. Current military conscription rules mandate the SSS registration of almost all male American citizens and immigrants aged between 18 and 25 years. The draft is based on biological sex and not the sex people identify as. <laughs> Writing for Rebel News, journalist Ian Miles Chiang recounted the executive order EO President Joe Biden passed Upon taking office, the EO stated that anyone who identifies as a transformer should be treated by their chosen gender. Ah, the hypocrisy now. Their chosen gender identity. Biden even put forward the possibility of MTF transformers being placed in the military units composed entirely of biological females. Despite the Biden administration's push for equality, inclusivity, and transgender representation, it's clear that the military doesn't care how you identify on a piece of paper, but rather what body parts you are born with, wrote <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, this is hilarious, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the, the military is, is stepping up now. They're putting their foot down. They are putting their foot down. Oh, man. Ukrainian MTF transformers learned that biology still matters in war. <laughs> Perhaps the stark example of Chiang's point was seen during the open opening months of the Russian-Ukraine war. Kiev declared martial law, and when it, when it came mandatory military service for all Ukrainian males between 18 to 60, some MTF transformers, however, opted to flee, only to be stopped at the border and ordered to return to the front line. <laughs> oh, ah! Woo, this is funny, man. This is funny. <laughs> Judas, a transformer woman, fled her hometown in Lunhas region toward the Ukrainian capital. She attempted to cross over to the border. Oh, man, the irony of that word, cross over to the border with Poland. But two border guards stopped Judas in her tracks. The guards accosted her and conducted a physical examination inside an office. Hmm. Ukrainian border guards undress you and touch you everywhere. You can see on their faces that they were wondering, what are you? Like, you're some kind of animal or something. Judas recounted. Afterward, one of the guards said, you're a guy, so get out of here. And told me that I should be grateful that they didn't call the police. Another Transformer 24, Alice, also refused passage to Poland. Alice recounted the three border guards took her and her partner, Helen, to a building near the border crossing. The officers conducted a physical physical examination, conducting that the two were men. We tried to explain our situation, but they didn't care. Of course, they don't care. They need bodies, especially Ukraine. Ukraine is a very small country, all right? A very small country compared to Russia, okay? And they're picking fights with Russia. Ukrainian FM Transformer Activists 
Olena Shavizhenko put it put in his two cents on the predicaments of Judas and Alice. Technically, the law applies to transformer people as well, including both certified transformer men and transformer women who had not changed their documents. But it sounds like Ukrainian border guards are preventing even transformer people with a valid certificate reflecting their new gender from leaving Ukraine. And nobody knows why. Of course, no, 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 no. Everybody knows why. Everybody knows why. They need bodies for this war. That is the proof. That is the reason. Notice they didn't include any feminists in the draft, yet they always claim inequality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Feminists, you can't really take seriously, man. You can't take them seriously. Feminists are, you know, they want to be brave when there's no fight. You don't see feminists going over to Afghanistan or places in the Middle East or in Africa where women are horribly, horribly being treated. They won't do that. They want to stay in Western countries where it's comfortable and they will um, spout out all their nonsense because they know um, there's protection for them. Contrast to going to a country where women are treated bad and they won't mouth off. Okay? There's a lot of hypocrisy with uh, feminists. Okay? A lot of hypocrisy with them. Even with the fact that when they say they do not like guys who are, you know, let's say toxic masculinity. Okay. Let's say like that. They what they claim. All right. And next thing you know, the guy who actually does fit that criteria that they want, which is they, they really want a soy boy. They cheat on that soy boy with a man that they claim to despise. That's what they do. Okay. That is what they do. And also, when a woman also complains about a man, they can't stand he's dominant. They can't stand that, you know, he's laying down the law. He's putting standards. Guess what? They'll complain about him from now to the cows come home, but they're still with him. Know why? Because he has standards. Because there's safety and protection and security. That's the thing that most of these leftist women or these woke women don't understand. You will lie with your mouth, but you will tell the truth with your biology, with your actions. Your biology will show with your actions. All right. Now, let's see with. uh... Acacia, AOC is um, what's her name? Alexandria Acacia-Cortez. Yeah. Let's see what she's uh, dealing with now. And the fact that people woke up. You'll see what I'm saying. Here we go. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay, let's see. No. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, here we go. That's the thing. I'm surprised people woke up, man, because so many times that information is being censored. But uh, I'm glad people are waking up, especially to this truth that's coming up.
Twitter and some parts of right Twitter were lit up over this clip as it came out last night. Two leftists there approached a fair use, fair use. Remember, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's both sides supporting the Ukraine, the Ukrainian war. <clears throat> They're supporting Ukraine. They're supporting the Nazis. Okay, you have you just had Azov Battalion in the Washington, you know, visit Washington D.C. and they're getting support from Republicans. Okay, you could even check that there are Republicans that are supporting, you know, weapons being sent off, you know, to Ukraine. You can look it up for yourself. It's not just the Democrats. It's the Republicans. And people want to look at it. Oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, no, no. Both sides are doing it. Okay? So don't be trying to say that it's just this the evil on the left. It's the evil on the right as well. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We are facing food shortages. We are facing, you know, possible nuclear war. And you say it, you can't talk about this right now? This woman just coming up with excuses just to shut them up. No, 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 no. I hope every, she gets calls every day to her office. Why are you supporting Ukraine? Why are you supporting these Nazis? Why are you not calling out Joe Biden? Why are you not calling out um, Kamala Harris. Why is Joe Biden pushing to have more military weapons sent to Ukraine while our weapons here in America are on is dwindled down extremely low? That if anybody could attack this country, we're in trouble. I hope AOC gets calls to her office every day. If it was me, I would have been set back. I would have been just, I would be shocked and I would be just smiling because I'm happy people are waking up. I'm actually happy that a black man came up and called her out. Why are you supporting Ukrainian Nazis? Do you know, you know, I remember seeing a video clip on World Star Hip Hop of uh, how a Ukrainian got a banana and was putting it in a black man's face in a grocery store in Ukraine. You're helping these people. You saw how they were horribly treating non-white immigrants, foreign exchange students. You saw how they were horribly being treated. Okay. Yet you decide to go fund these Nazis. Sanders, they have no uh, problem with criticizing 
the Biden administration. They criticized well, them. They used to not. <laughs> they used yeah. to not, but it seemed like there was a weird secret handshake that went down at some point in 2020. Look, AOC used to be a person yeah. who said, I would rather be a one-term congressperson than to forsake my values. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. Yeah. But when she was recruited to run, she was, was recruited with the stated purpose of having an adversarial relationship to the Democratic Party. She herself said at some point during the 2020 primary season that in any sane country, she and Joe Biden would not be in the same party. And yet what you're seeing is a lot of hesitation to criticize Joe Biden. You saw this with Bernie Sanders as well, starting during the primary where they were actual contenders against each other, saying Joe Biden is my friend. I think he'll be a good president. I think he's a good guy. And on this particular issue, some people on the left, even those who really were very fond of Bernie Sanders, have noticed, have noted him as being insufficiently strong um, on this particular issue. And right now, he's been completely silent, completely silent. And I I can more understand, um, you know, back during the campaign, trying to maintain a collegial relationship with Biden from a, a Bernie perspective. I mean, the Ukraine issue was not on the table then, but we're not in the middle of a presidential campaign. There is not, it's not a binary choice between Biden and Trump or anything you say to undermine Biden will cause Trump to be the next president. We're not in that phase right now. So the idea that, you, and this is a, this is a very important and key um, issue for, for the left and for libertarians and for certain, certain elements of the new right. And there's just silence. Especially deafening if, silence. You know, both of those, those, um, protesters brought up Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democratic Party. Yes. And if that makes folks uncomfortable, if, if, if people are irritated at the idea that Tulsi Gabbard is being held up as better on this issue and perhaps other issues than what are supposed to be our best and brightest in the squad, that's not on Tulsi, that's on the squad. And at a certain point, if someone that you don't like for whatever reason is making you look bad, that's an indictment of your own politics, not a reason to come up with bad faith criticisms of Tulsi Gabbard. Because on this issue, she has managed to get to the left of what is supposed to be the leftmost vanguard and the most principled politician. All right, I got to cut it for uh, time constraints. But this is something that is, uh, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked, but I'm happy. I'm so happy. <clears throat> Let me see this. What are you saying here? The majority of them will still vote them in office. Well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll change because the fact of the matter is you have black people, a lot of black people in the Democratic Party. And if they could even do a little bit more research and find out what Nazis, how Nazis treated black people in Europe, maybe they will, you know, they'll, they're either going to sit out this election or they're going to vote Republican. I wouldn't say that because Republicans are just as bad. Okay. They're, they're, they're both, both sides are in on this. Like I said, there's a new world order coming. Okay. Neither side is playing um, good cop, you know, cops and robbers. All right. Republicans are the cops. Democrats are the robbers. No, no, no. They ain't playing that game no more. They're just going to look. The mask is coming off. We both the same side. We, we you know, we're just going to let it all hang out. <clears throat> okay. That's what's going to happen. She's most likely die a divester. You talking about AOC? Uh, you know, hey, I don't, I'm not against interracial marriages or relationships. Okay. You got to get who you want to, who's going to, who, someone who loves you and doesn't just tolerate you. Okay, but if you get with them just because of skin color, then you're gonna have problems. AOC heckled at town hall for Ukraine support. You're voting to start a nuclear war. Far left Republican, I'm sorry, far left Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has was heckled Wednesday by even farther left activists who accused her during a town hall event of voting to start a nuclear war. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. One protester shouted, according to a video posted on Twitter, the heckler began yelling at Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat in New York, during the Q&A portion of the event, criticizing the Democrat support for sending military aid to Ukraine as attempts to ward off a Russian invasion. Tulsi Gubbards, she left the Democratic Party because there were a bunch of war hawks. The heckler continued, you ran an outsider, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. 
you're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens? Oh, I love that. Another heckler is known is shown in the video calling AOC a coward for allegedly sending, not allegedly, she is sending money to Ukrainian Nazis. Biden's doing it. Hey, all of the Democrat, all Republicans, Democrats are doing it. Like the first protest or the second heckler invoked ex-Democrat and former Hawaii representative Tulsi Gubbard's opposition to funding the Ukrainian war effort. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gubbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. The man shrieked, pleading with AOC to denounce the Democratic Party like Gubbard did earlier this week. AOC appeared to respond to the second protest, but her words were not clear in the video online. So Ocasio-Cortez voted in favor of sending $40 billion in military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine earlier this year. A Twitter user named Jose Vega claimed responsibility for the disturbance Wednesday, writing, my friend at Nagatone and I confronted the congressman at AOC on her support for nuclear war and Ukrainian Nazis. I call her out for being coward in the face of the party that will push us all into nuclear war right now. Will she stand up like Tulsi Gabbard and fight for peace? Vega's Twitter account indicates he's a follower of the late conspiracy theorist Lyndon Roach, a prenatal candidate for president who died in 2019 at the age of 96. Ocasio-Cortez's office did not immediately respond to the post request for comment. Ah. Nah, they won't. And the news anchor has a right to date whoever she wants to date, okay? You can't be calling every black woman who knows her stuff a divester. She wants to date a white person, let her date a white person. That's it. Okay. Now we're going to talk about uh, Elon Musk and uh, <laughs> what's happening with the, uh, the you know, he's a, a Nazi sympathizer as well. He sympathized with the Ukraine and says, oh, the term Nazis and what you think it means. Yep. A lot of clowns, man. A lot of I'm so happy this information is coming out, though. I really am. Because that way people are going to start asking questions and they're going to start holding people accountable. That's what's going to happen. But I doubt anything's going to happen to Musk. I really do. He's a billionaire. The Starlink satellite first arrived in Ukraine last spring, and since then, the internet terminals made by Elon Musk's SpaceX have been an important source of communication for Ukraine's military. It has allowed them to fight and stay connected, despite the internet network being destroyed in its war with Russia. A total of 20,000 Starlink satellite units have been donated to Ukraine. The operation has cost SpaceX $80 million. According to Tesla CEO Elon Musk, the cost will likely exceed the $100 million mark by the end of this year. However, all these contributions could come to an end. SpaceX has warned the Pentagon that it may stop funding the service in Ukraine unless the U.S. military kicks in tens of millions of dollars per month. According to documents obtained by CNN, Musk's SpaceX sent a letter to the Pentagon saying that it can no longer continue to fund the Starlink service. And apart from this, the letter also requested the Pentagon to take over funding for Ukraine's government and military use of Starlink. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, you know where they're going to get that money from, right? Our taxes. And man, listen. <laughs> oh, whoa. The, the jokes don't, the jokes write themselves. That's all I got to say. The jokes write themselves. Further delay terminals to Ukraine or fund the existing terminals 
for an indefinite period of time. Among the SpaceX documents accessed by CNN, there was another unreported direct request made to Elon Musk by the Ukrainian military commanding general asking for more than 8,000 Starlink terminals. The documents, which were not previously reported, however, providing a rare breakdown of SpaceX's own internal numbers on Starlink. Further detailing the costs and payments associated with the thousands of terminals in Ukraine. We are now available in your country. Yeah, man, that that is a joke, man. That is a joke. So after the Crimea Bridge was blown up, you know, you're going to run and hide. You're going to ditch the Ukrainian people, okay? And you're going to ask the U.S. government to fit the bill. Wow. That, Wow. <sighs> I I mean, I can't even say he's a coward. I don't know. I, I don't know. Could I say he's a coward? I mean, I don't know. I, I really can't. I, I don't. I, I just see the fact of he basically said you would defend him. And now when things get tough, you're going to abandon them and then want the U.S. government to fit the bill. I say kick it back and you, Elon Musk, um, kick it, push it back. Elon Musk's uh, table and say, nah, 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 nah. You take care of these people. You take care of them. That's what I say he should do. That's how I say. All right. Whew. This inflation, this recession is going to be off the hook. That's what I say. This recession is going to be crazy. It's going to be a very interesting time. That's what I believe. Now here we have a new, a very, very good lesson about incels. A very good lesson we all should learn, especially as men. Details about the case against Trey Jinko are slowly starting to circulate among young women like Mindy Beriako. It could have been UC, it could have been any other surrounding schools, and that's really scary. Federal agents say Jinko is part of an underground movement called INCEL, which stands for Involuntary Celibate. Comprised mostly of men, INCELs resent women for not showing romantic interest in them. The feds say Jinko took his resentment to a dangerous level by plotting to, quote, slaughter women at a college in Ohio. Court documents indicate students at Ohio State may have been in danger. As a graduate of Ohio State, it just makes me really glad that the feds were paying attention to protect the students. This woman asked to remain anonymous because of the nature of the charges, which include an attempted hate crime and unlawful possession of a machine gun. It makes me want to cry thinking about what might have happened. Her boyfriend, who also asked us not to show his face, has a hard time comprehending what the incel movement even means. I think it's very unnerving because, you know, I have cousins and a mom and uh, friends who are women, and um, it's very unnerving to know that there are guys out there like this. During today's detention hearing, Jenko's attorney argued his client should be released to the custody of his mother, who lives in Hillsborough. His attorney pointed out Jenko was already serving a state prison sentence based on similar evidence. The prosecutor pushed back, saying Jinko is too patient and methodical to be sent back to the home where he allegedly hatched the plan to kill up to 3,000 women. The thing is, is like, you, you notice you don't see anything about the father, right? You see nothing about the father. And a lot of men, you know, in these manosphere groups, sometimes even red pill, all right? They think that you are old a woman okay they, they don't think you have to work they think because chad could get the man, the woman or tyrone you don't understand there's still work to be done all right you have to get work done instead of hating a man that is lifts weights puts in the time and the effort try to get to know that dude all right that's called business it's called networking you have to work to get a woman okay you want a serious relate relationships take work. If you just want sex, then you know what you should do. And don't complain about, oh, I, I don't want to get diseases and stuff. Well, you don't want a serious relationship. 
okay? So take your pick. Are you going to do things the right way where it's going to take some time and some patience and to getting to know yourself and to knowing what type of woman that you want? Because after you get with a woman and things go south because you didn't put in the work and the proper the, the proper work, now you're going to try and blame the women, okay? And that's the majority of had. I'll say it like this. You have most of them online <clears throat> in the manosphere who will blame women for certain things. But when you question them about certain stuff, they want to call you a simp. They want to say, oh, you're a woman behind a profile. No. Okay. You have women making bad decisions with men and you have men making bad decisions with women. Okay. And all that is because they didn't do their due diligence. That's it. Now this, now these incels, okay, it's kind of the same. It's the same thing, except they really just don't want to work. They don't want to. It takes work to be with a woman, to be in a relationship, and because you see a dude that you know maybe just <clears throat> genetically gifted to have to work out, and he has the ability to pull to pull um, numerous women. But instead of learning about this dude and trying to follow the same routine, you want to just, you know, be entitled and think a woman should be there for you. Okay. Now, as you can see, you can talk, you can, you can hear about the mom. All right. You don't hear about the father. All right. And these type of men are just targets and cash cows for many of these dating coaches, many of these red pill um, and Manosphere and MGTOW content creators, okay? And unfortunately, in the Red Pill, MGTOW, Manosphere communities, they don't emphasize self-improvement much. They emphasize, get you know, getting women or saying about how these women are trash and all these stuff. And notice that most of the women they call trash are women that are just low-quality skis buckets, but you, it's rare that they will talk about self-improvement. It's rare. Don't believe me? Watch a channel that talks about self-improvement in the red pill and manosphere. And look at the views compared to the ones that talk about getting sex, getting with these hot, hot chicks. Hot, hot chicks. Not women who are actually, you could bring home to your parents and actually marry them and have your last name. Just hot, hot chicks. Look at them. Look at those channels and see the views and see the subscriber count. That's what they focus on. And these incels eat it up. All oh, women are trash. They're this. They're that. When reality is, you could be trash. Okay? Now, this channel used to be Red Pill Content Channel. All right? And there are some good Red Pill content creators who talk about self. It's very few. Okay? King Richards is one of them. That talk about you have to work. You have to put in time and effort to get a woman, a quality woman. You have to put time and effort into yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to get a quality woman. You're going to get skis buckets. And if you don't want to do the work, why should you deserve to be rejected? In high school, you have you want to you want all the girls around you. It, well, it depends, but you have to put in work. There has to be something there that you have to put in. You have to put in work. And you trying to go and, you know, what, what is killing 3,000 women going to do for you? What is it going to do for you? Send you to prison? Get sexually assaulted by larger inmates? That's it. Now he's not getting out. And a lot of these incels, you know, they look to people like, um, what is that guy's name? Damn it, his name escapes me. Damn it. He wrote a, a, what, a manifesto? I forgot his name. He called himself the perfect gentleman. The perfect gentleman. He was so entitled. Okay? So entitled. Because he came from riches. Notice he had nothing. He had nothing. He was given to him. 
So he thinks he deserves that. And he looked, oh, these men are, they're Neanderthals. And, you know, it's not like that anymore. Yes, it is. You have to be strong. You have to be a man. Okay. That dude's name escapes me, man. Damn. Hold on one second. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. They called him the Prince of Incels. Hold on one second. Hold on a second. Get this dude. Got this guy's name anyway. Forgot his name, but the guy was a uh, he was he was just a clown man, and he and he ended up killing himself. Killed women, he killed himself. What did that help? Didn't do anything. Oh well, new story now. New story. Okay. Here we go. So now this guy, now this guy, he, uh, <laughs> now this guy sees that there needs to be a limit with immigration. And guess who that guy is? He's in my state of, of NYC. Can you guess his name? I know his name. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. <laughs> I don't get with the manosphere sometimes. Um, they say I'm the prize, right? And I don't know, man. Whenever I hear that, it's like, oh boy, is women? All right, women. I can see women say that, but men, it just sounds feminine. But anyway, let's get just just get on with it. Let's get on with it. Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K. administration takes the first steps to reduce the number of people entering the United States at the U.S.-Mexico border, Governor Hochul is taking a victory lap, saying that it is the result of intense lobbying on the part of herself and Mayor Adams. CBS 2's political reporter, Marsha Kramer, here now with more on this. Marsha? Well, Christine, it's unclear. Hold on one second. President's move will affect the midterm elections across the nation, but Governor Hochul says that the decision to limit the number of Venezuelan asylum seekers allowed to enter the United States will really help New York cope with a migrant crisis that is growing more desperate by the day. I believe it's going to change the dynamic very quickly. Governor Kathy Hochul is certainly not ready to say crisis averted. After all, New York City is still coping with the migrant emergency and the need to find shelter for the 19,400 plus asylum seekers who've arrived here so far, forcing the city to erect a tenth city on Randall's Island. But she and Mayor Adams say it's a good first step to turn away Venezuelan asylum seekers at the border and limit to 24,000, the number who can apply remotely. If they are accepted, they will have to fly to the United States rather than making a dangerous trek to the Mexican border. We're going to start seeing the flow of individuals stemmed. I mean, they're going to be stopping at the border. Mayor Adams said the move was a short-term solution to the humanitarian crisis. He called for a long-term strategy that, quote, includes Congress both passing legislation that will allow asylum seekers to legally work and providing emergency financial relief for our city. According to the Department of Homeland What about... What's going on here? We have homeless people here. We need, we have American citizens in New York City who cannot find jobs, that are living in shelters, that have families. What about them? Security. <laughs> <laughs> 
acknowledging having a supporter in the United States who can provide financial and other support, passing a public safety screening, and having certain vaccinations and meeting other public health requirements. The president's decision was also an attempt to avoid a political Donnybrook during the upcoming midterm congressional elections, where Democrats are... Who's going to be sponsoring these people? Who's sponsoring these people to come here? Most of these people are being smuggled by coyotes. Some of them are being sex trafficked. Hmm. Worried about losing control of the House, the Senate, or both. I talked about the issue with Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, who chairs the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. He appeared with me on the point. But is 24,000, a limit of 24,000, too little, given the fact that, like, in September alone, 33,000 Venezuelans tried to cross the border from Mexico into the United States? Mexico needs to be our partner in this, but that's not the same thing as allowing illegal border crossings, which are dangerous and and should not be encouraged or permitted. The number should be large enough to to address, um, you know, our share of, of that need. Well, the mayor has said the influx of migrants will cost the city $1 billion in just this fiscal year. $1 billion. Like I said, this recession is going to be very, very interesting. Because that money's coming out of New Yorkers' pockets. That's what's going to happen. Okay, so... um. This is something here that I uh, wanted to talk about. Okay. So here we are. All right. We're going to talk about this, what's going on with uh, Arizona Department of Education, what they're doing. And it's pretty sick. All right, here we are. Let's see how's it going. All right, let's see something here. All right, here we are. The Arizona Department of Education is offering Q chat spaces to LGBTQ plus youth 13 years and older to talk about sex with random adults without parental consent. This is dangerous for three different reasons. Number one. That opens the door for any adult, no matter who, if you know them or not, to discuss sex with your child. Number two, it is an attack on the nuclear family. It will cause further divide between children and their parents because it will teach them to seek knowledge from anyone but them. Number three, it will make it more difficult for children to differentiate between the good intentions of adults and the bad intentions. It will make it easier for them to be groomed because they won't know the difference and they will have people they trust talking to them about sex. Once upon a time it made sense to tell children not to talk to strangers. Nowadays they're being encouraged to. Please, pay attention to what your children are being taught in school. Pay attention to who's teaching your children in school. Involved in your child's education and never ever take a teacher's word or a school board's word as the final word. And that's what's going on. These people are really, you know, they're really getting bolder and bolder and bolder. Because I just told you about a um, ninth grader who was giving a school assignment by a Christian school to take, do a homework assignment, taking a picture of herself in the bathtub. They're getting bolder. And it's really disgusting. All right. These people are, you know, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't, they ha- there's no, there's no fear. Okay. There's no fear of what it was back in the day. 
all right? Because back in the day, there was, um, there was, you know, an organization called NAMBLA, right? And they used to, you know, they were parade. They would say like, you know, if you don't know who NAMBLA is, NAMBLA is National American Men Boy Lovers Association, right? And they basically advocated to have sexual relations, grown men, to have sex with young boys. And what would happen was, is they would get the crap beat out of them back in the day. So bad. I mean, it was bad, man. It was like parents, um, priests, you know, everybody just united just against this evil, this perversion that pe- that these grown men dared to be proud of and dared to protest to have the right to do. And they got beaten so bad they never did it again in public. Okay. And that was the fear that taught them, don't you dare try to come after kids. It is wrong. Don't you dare do it. All right. But now they're back with a vengeance. Okay, state superintendent debates brings attention to online chat for alphabet and teens. All right. Phoenix 3 TV, CBS 5, Tom Horn called Q chat spaces dangerous and outlets for predators during a debate with the current superintendent, Kathy Hoffman. However, she calls them a great resource recommended by the CDC and mental health advocacy organizations. Hoffman, along with parents, Alphabet Plus students and advocates all agreed to offer two chat spaces on the Arizona Department of Education website. Earlier this month, a complaint was filed against Hoffman to remove Q chat spaces from the website by listing several reasons the chat is, in, the chat is encouraging the grooming of children. A Q chat space is a digital alphabet center where teens 13 to 19 years of age can join live chats and support groups that are professionally facilitated. The debate is whether these chat rooms are effective resources or a predator's paradise. Arizona families spoke with education policy advocates like Gail Esposito, who said QChat is a safe and secure space to talk about what they're experiencing. The chairwoman of Education Advocates Coalition for Care Lake and Shiri Sapir spoke about some safety concerns like not having parental supervision. They do have an escape button where the child can get out of the chat immediately when parents walk into the... What? You're helping children keep secrets from their parents? Bill's Bill of Rights in Arizona specifically states that parents must give consent and have the authority, have the full authority, she said. While children under 13 cannot sign up for QChat without parental um, permission, teenagers older than 13 can access the chat room by themselves, unsupervised, because not everyone feels confident coming out to their families. As we do say, QChat is important for teenagers who are abused or come from unsupportive families who may kick them out after they come out. This is... This is teenagers going to their peers and figuring out how to have those conversations because they're hard to do, as Pizzo said. Conversations about privacy have also come up because QChat requires emails, phone numbers, and zip codes while signing up. Emails, phone numbers, and zip codes. Why? Why zip codes? We don't know who gets the hold of that information if it's being sold in the dark web. If predators are able to get that information, then go specifically after the children, Sapper said. According to QChatSpace.org, information gathered is protected and not given out to anyone without permission from the participant. I don't believe him. Esposito explained that the information is used to verify who is signing up for the chat to ensure that it's peers talking to peers, not predators. Each chat is monitored and and moderated by very professionals, verified professionals from the Alphabet Centers. Those facilitators are not mental health experts and will not be giving health advice. They will only connect users to nonprofit organizations like PFLAG and Planned Parenthood. Hmm. I don't trust that at all, man. I don't. So let's check out this. Uh, let's check out what's going on with uh, Ukraine right now. Hold on one minute. 
Here we go. This right here is just a joke, man. It's, it's just a joke, okay? Um, no electricity, right? No electricity. No problem. Ukrainians' trams will run on schedule. Ukrainians are invincible. Uh, no, no. After, you know, Zelensky blew up, you know, the Crimean Bridge, um, you guys are going to be hurting big time. Okay? This is not a joke. All right? And Putin is going to put the smack down. He's not playing. He's going to put that smack down. All right? And let, let me let me show you some things here. Hold on a minute. I'm going to show you some things. See if I could if I could show this. One second. Oh man, hold on. One second. Let me get on my other side right here. Got these receipts right here. Second. Nope. 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 Because uh, Putin ain't playing around. Uh, you know what? Let me read them to you. Let me read them to you. That's what I'll do. Forgive me for the time. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, here I am. Yep. Hold on one minute. this stuff right here. Damn, I wish I could put it on here. Shucks. Let's see. I think I can. Here I go. Here I go. All right. I'll let you listen to some of it. Got it. about everything the the narrative is oh we never promised which is not true and there's a whole vast documentary record of the u.s promising no enlargement well of course as soon as the soviet union went away we thought it was a juicy opportunity to enlarge nato and started with poland hungary czech republic 1999 and then george w bush jr added seven more countries 
uh, three in the Baltic, so three right on Russia's border, Bulgaria and Romania, which is uh, Russia's Black Sea region, and Slovakia and Slovenia. And we continue NATO expansion. And in 2008, Bush said, now we'll go to Ukraine and to Georgia. And to my mind, this was just absolutely the most provocative thing we could do. Because now we're pushing NATO right up against Russia's core security concerns. And the Europeans, many European leaders told me in 2008 how dangerous this was and how much they were against it. But the U.S. calls the shots. So, ladies and gentlemen, to my mind, we've been stirring the pot the whole time. And there are many complications to this story. So you could, I could talk for hours about the details. But in 2014, the pro-Russian president was overthrown. The U.S. narrative is it was a mass public uh, upheaval against a corrupt president. And I was there on the ground soon afterwards. And okay, all right. Here we go. And we all agree that we have to do more. I agree with you that we have to make sure that allies are investing more. The good news is that the allies have started to invest more in uh, defense. Uh, after years of cutting defense purchase, they have started to uh, add billions to the defense purchase. And uh, last year was the biggest increase uh, in defense spending across Europe and Canada in a generation. Why was that last year? It's also because of your leadership, because you're all right well let's go into a to uh into the uh trump and stoltenberg uh conversation um when they got into that but uh for more if you want that information you're gonna have to go uh to uh telegram for that all right let's get back to it Michigan is hiding children's constitutional right to genital, hiding a children's constitutional right to genital amputation in its abortion amendment. Wow. Prop three isn't about codifying Roe. It's about sacrificing the children of Michigan, both born and unborn. In less than one month, if, if proposal three passes, children will have a right under the Michigan Constitution to walk into one of Planned Parenthood's 12 so-called gender-affirming facilities in the state and without parental knowledge or consent obtain puberty blockers. And with Planned Parenthood of Michigan promising gender-affirming care via telehealth in the coming months, Michiganers' kids won't even need to leave their house to obtain these sterilized drugs. Passages of Prop 3 will also give boys a constitutional right to be castrated and girls the right under Michigan's constitutional under Michigan's constitution to be sterilized by way of a hysterectomy or the removal of their ovaries, all without their parents' consent. Yikes. Despite deceptive marketing by Planned Parenthood and far-left politicians such as Governor Gretchen Whitmer hides this reality from Michigan voters leading Prop 3 to be uniformly referred to as the abortion amendment, even though the expansive language of the proposed constitutional amendment reaches far beyond abortion and on abortion alone, notwithstanding proponents claiming that passing this amendment simply restores the same protections that Michiganers have for five decades under Roe v. Wade. Prop 3 goes far beyond controlling the Roe Casey precedent, if passed, the constitutional amendment would create an extreme regime 
in Michigan of abortion on demand at any time for any reason without informed or parental consent and paid for by taxpayers. A lot of children are going to die. A lot of people are going to die. That's what I see here. A lot of people are going to die. They're really trying to kill people. That's how I see it. And they know the young, um, the young are impressionable. They don't know any better. And they're suckers. That's it. They're just they're just suckers that will fall for anything. They feel like a they feel like they're a chicken. Oh yeah, we'll give you surgery to look like a chicken. You feel like a dog, we'll give you surgery to look like a dog. They just that's how it is. The expansive and legal, legalistically worded language of Prop 3 crafted by Planned Parenthood and left-wingers backers, however, extends beyond the abortion to create a constitutional right to several aspects of what transformer activists call gender-affirming care, despite it being neither affirming nor caring. And Prop 3 extends that right to all individuals, including children. This is not merely a political point, and it is not a worst-case scenario argument based on how some liberal activists judge or justice might interpret Prop 3. This reality flows from the plain language of Prop 3 and rests on general legal principles of constitutional construction. Right in the text, here is the pertaining language of Prop 3, would etch into Michigan's Constitution as Article 1, Section 28, with the key language underscored. One, every individual has a fundamental right to reproductive freedom, which entails the right to make and effective decisions and all about matters relating to the pregnancy, including but not limited to prenatal care, childbirth, postpartum care, contraception, sterilization, abortion care, miscarriage management, and infertility care. And individuals' right to reproductive freedom shall not be denied, burdened, nor infringed upon unless justified by a compelling state interest achieved by the least restrictive means. The state shall not discriminate in the protection or federal enforcement of this fundamental right. For the purposes of this section, a state interest is is compelling only if it is for the limited purpose of protecting the health of an individual seeking care consistent with accepted clinical standards of practice and evidence-based medicine and does not infringe on the individual's autonomous decision-making. Prop 3 applies to men, women, boys, and girls. Wow. This is the stuff that's happening. This is the stuff that's going down. All right? Amazing. Simply amazing. Homeschooling is definitely needed. By its express terms, property applies to every individual and guarantees an individual right. The proposed constitutional amendment further provides that the state shall not discriminate in the protection or enforcement of this fundamental right. As a matter of constitutional interpretation, then, the rights guaranteed by Prop 3 would be rights that both adults and children possess as individuals, and the rights apply equally to both females and males. This proposal represents a huge demarcation from controlling Michigan law under which minors must have parental consent to obtain medical treatment or receive prescription medications, with the only current exception being the judicial bypass provisions governing minors seeking abortions. Specifically, Michigan law currently provides that to obtain an abortion, females under the age of 18 must have written consent of one parent or legal guardian. But the law allows a girl to seek permission for an abortion from a judge called a judicial bypass. A court must grant the judicial bypass if the judge finds either that the minor is specifically mature and well enough informed to make the decision regarding abortion independently of her parents or legal guardian, or the waiver would be in the best interest of the minor. In the context of abortion, Prop 3 guts Michigan's requirements for either parental consent or judicial bypass, first by declaring that the amendment applies to all individuals, and second by expressing providing that the state shall not discriminate in the protection or enforcement of the fundamental right. The treating females under 18 differently than those 18 or over is a textbook example of discrimination. So basically, when you 
are to make sure this person understands and they have the right proper age of accountability, self-accountability to understand what they are doing to their body with their own consent. You are basically stripping that and trying, you're trying to give responsibilities to a minor of to do something to their body that is permanent, that cannot be reversed. This is scary, people. A minor could walk in there and do something to their bodies that will scar them and change them forever. What they don't tell you, there's a, I said it again, and I'll say it before, there's a very high self-deletion rate for people who want to, let's say, be a transformer and they can't go back to not being a transformer. It's insane, man. All right, last one, last one. Okay, so Pfizer partners with Marvel to release a digital comic encouraging people to get their uh, Jim Jones shots and become an everyday hero. Pfizer announced on Tuesday that it would issue a digital comic book collaboration with Marvel to urge people to get the uh, Jim Jones shot and become an everyday hero. Pfizer and BioNTech announced our collaboration with Marvel Comics. Together, we created a custom comic book featuring the Avengers who fight to protect their community, Pfizer said in a statement. We hope that the people around the world will enjoy the comic book. At Pfizer, we encourage people to come together to help protect themselves by staying up to date with the uh, Jim Jones juice shot. When Ultron wreaks havoc, the Avengers act as the first line of defense. People can help protect themselves, staying up to date with the Jim Jones shots. Head to Pfizer to get your first comic book. The new comic titled Everyday Heroes is another publicity stunt from Big Farmer after a slow jab rollout when almost two-thirds of American adults do not intend to get an updated booster shot. We are proud to work with Marvel, which is so firmly entrenched in the global culture and entertainment, to help remind people of the actions they can take to help protect themselves, similar to how the Avengers protect their community. Pfizer said in a statement, shared with Fierce Farmer Marketing. Hmm. The plot of the new comic centers around the, a grandfather waiting for his jab at the clinic that comes under attack by the Avengers villain, Ultron. Ultron, a maniacal robot that constantly involves and become, evolves and comes back stronger, is used to represent COVID, which is constantly mutating into new strains. Captain America arrives at the scene and pushes to the brink of the feat before Iron Man, who is supposed to represent Pfizer's new jab, arrives with a brand new cannon that blasts Ultron into the sky. The grandfather tells the reader that even superheroes have to keep updating, keep adapting to fight off Ultron, a clear reference to the updated vaccines explaining how the villains mirror covid the grandfather says he keeps changing and evolving so the avengers who represent pfizer's keep adapting and re-strategizing okay so what do you guys think about this what do you guys think about this comic book what do you think about it what do you think about the marketing let me know all right i'm done later <laughs>